Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Take Chances podcast. I'm your host, Chance Mack. And on the Take Chances podcast, we talk about three things, tech, culture, and people. Now, I'm not going to be too long-winded today, but I do want to stress the importance of this conversation for our community. And let's just jump right into it. You gotta take chances. It's your day. You gotta take chances. No more wait. You gotta take chances. It's your day. Chance you gotta chances. No more. Today, we're getting back to the original essence of why I created this podcast. And for those who haven't seen the first 10 or 11 episodes, um, the premise or the foundation of the Take Chances podcast is to connect my business community with my actual community. A lot of people know that I work in technology and software sales and consulting, but then I also work in my community with Unforgettable Souls, which is a nonprofit that donate shoes and food and wraparound services to the homeless. And I just wanted to see if there was a way to connect those two worlds. And the podcast has been the bridge. This has been the best way for me to communicate with all of my followers, friends, supporters, donors. Uh, And this is just an easy way for us all to get on the same page and see what's going on. So like I said, our pillars are tech, culture and people but that culture piece is also the community piece so i don't want people to think that we're going to be talking about things that are frivolous or britney spears shaving her hair we're actually talking about things that you know are meaningful to our community and and if those things you know the pop culture things affect the community of course we'll address it on this platform so let's jump right into it uh no guest today just me and you um like i said we're getting back to the original essence of why we created this podcast. And so a couple of things that I wanted to kind of kick us off with, when I originally started brainstorming for this episode, I was like, how can I start this episode without talking about why I haven't podcasted for four months? And I really don't have an excuse. I think one of the biggest things or one of the biggest reasons why I haven't been publicly podcasting or publicly releasing things is because of fear, if I'm being honest. Like I've been recording podcasts, you know, been putting together the show, but at the same time, for some reason, I've gotten a little, a little shy. Like I don't know why. Like I, I don't know what's the proper word for that. The fear is just based on just judgment and people receiving what I have to say in the right way. Because I want to push this platform to have, you know, really sophisticated conversations around things that are really going on in our community. Like I want to be able to talk about my experience as a black person in technology, but at the same time, this is my job, right? Like this is my livelihood. This is how I take care of my family. So for me to come out here and just really throw some things on the table is not necessarily the smartest decision. So I have to be mindful about how I approach these conversations. Now, when there's things that are bigger than myself, the George Floyd situation or the Ahmaud Aubrey or Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, those kind of situations, of course, this is the perfect platform for me to bridge the gap between culture, but then also my community, my experience working in technology, because there are some areas of opportunity for us to improve. And I don't want to shy away from that at all. And I'm not even saying that, you know, that's my goal is to try to walk this tightrope. I want to be able to share my experience 
with the idea of improving it, not only just for myself, but for, for others, for my actual community, for people of color, people that may look like me, but also may be of a different gender, of a different sexual orientation, or just some of the things that don't really matter in terms of why you should not work with this person or, you know, some of the things that our society has deemed as taboo don't really affect how you, this person does their job. Um, so I want to create a safe space for that. But I also want to create a, a space for conversation. I know that not everybody's going to agree with my opinion. With that being said, I want to be able to, to foster a place where we can be open, learn, but then also listen. So when I was brainstorming for this episode, I talked about why I haven't decided to release anything publicly. But another thing that I wanted to actually address on this podcast was the idea was to connect the ecosystem. And for those that don't know, I keep saying that I work in software, but amongst pretty much any software that's deployed or any software that's in the market, there's typically an ecosystem around it. There's the people that are building this software and selling this software, but then there's also the people that support this software. And that's where I want to connect those two worlds. So in my, my case, I used to work at a company called Workday. Workday is a human capital management and financial management software company based out of Pleasanton, California. For those that don't know where Pleasanton, California is, it's in the, around the Bay Area. And now I work on the other side of the ecosystem for a company called Cross Country Consulting, and it's a software consulting firm. So I work on the post-production support practice side of the house. So we help support Workday. So it's a really seamless tie-in. But when I think about you know connecting the ecosystem, I think about what's my ecosystem? So I know I have what I do for a living, which is software consulting, software sales, that kind of thing. But then there's also this community aspect, which is Unforgettable Souls, and I talked about how we donate shoes and services to the community. Then I think about, you know, who I am at home, right? So I'm a parent. I'm a father to Chancellor Mac Jr. Uh, episode eight, I believe, the growth period. I talk a lot about my experience as a dad, but that's also a part of my, my, my ecosystem. If there are people around me, there's a village around me to support, you know, me raising my child and support my son growing up to be a person that has some type of impact in our society. So to make a long story short, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, connecting this ecosystem. I put together just some notes for me to streamline this conversation. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was just growth. I've been growing personally and professionally. From a professional standpoint, I've been having a record-breaking year for myself. Um, My clients are happy, and I've been able to take care of my responsibilities as a coworker, excuse me, a friend and someone who's meaningful to this company. But from a personal standpoint, it's it's been a little bit of a challenge for me, if I'm being completely honest, to navigate through my responsibilities as a parent. I'm not shying away from that at all. I think that's one of the things that I consistently want to get better at. Um, and I, the reason it's been a challenge is because there's just so much that I don't know. I Grew up in a single parent household, raised by a black woman. I was the oldest of three boys. So I was the guinea pig for a lot of experiences that took place. And I always took the, I was the example. So, you know, if I did something wrong, I'll be the first one to be blamed or 
I was the first one to be held accountable. Fast forward 26 years, when I first had my child, there's just a lot of things that I didn't know just about parenting, but then also about fatherhood and navigating that as well. And that's the area that I, I just continue to try to seek guidance and leadership on from a personal perspective. And one of the reasons I bring that up on this podcast is because it allows me to connect my ecosystem for sure. Uh, I'm speaking to my coworkers and my counterparts about, you know, what I'm trying to do from a parenting perspective. Another thing that I really wanted to talk about was just what's going on in my community. Uh, I said that I wanted to connect the business community with the actual community. How can I bring what I'm doing in Atlanta to other markets like New York, LA, Chicago, Miami? The funny thing is with Unforgettable Souls, we recently partnered with this organization called The Hub. Um, and The Hub is a church without walls, right? So their primary primary ministry is outreach. So they're doing pretty much the same thing that I'm doing in terms of um, just being in the community. Uh, and we partnered to create this event called Walk With Me. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a big um, tech company get involved with what we're doing because um, I've been building Unforgettable Souls since 2014. Um, so I've been doing this for six, seven years now. Um, and then I just recently partnered with the hub to create Walk With Me. But the eyeballs on what I'm doing with um, Unforgettable Souls, Walk With Me is starting to bridge over into the tech community. So when I post on to LinkedIn, you know, I'm starting to see things really pop, like thousands of views every time that I bring, you know, some attention to what I'm doing in the community. So that's another way that I'm trying to connect my ecosystem. But I've also seen some of the larger players try to connect the ecosystem, which leads me into one of the big topics is what's going on with Facebook. So for those that don't know, Mark Zuckerberg is the founder of Facebook. But maybe a couple of weeks ago, he announced that he's pivoting the Facebook brand or the Facebook parent company, which owns uh, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and, you know, its core product, Facebook, to expand into the metaverse. And the metaverse is really, how can I explain this simply? It's really like, um, it's a virtual world for pretty much it will be all things. So it'll be, you know, business, commerce, culture, all of these different things that we're experiencing in our reality today. It's just going to be a separate space in the virtual world, which is going to be called the, the metaverse. What's funny is, you know, as soon as Mark Zuckerberg made this announcement to rebrand Facebook's as the parent company to Meta, which is now the parent company for Facebook and its other brands that I just mentioned, Everybody was in the uproar about, oh, what does this mean for, you know, our reality? I don't necessarily feel comfortable with, you know, this virtual world. You know, how, how is this going to affect our kids and all of this stuff? Right. But I, then I th started to think about this a little bit, you know, a little bit more and started to think about this critically. I think that we're already in this, quote unquote, metaverse. If anybody plays video games. It's literally like they're just copying what's taking place on video games like Fortnite, NBA 2K, 
where you're creating your player and you're going into this alternate world and you're building skills to get your player to 99. Um, they're basically just doing that same thing, but for adults. And it's not a game. This is, you know, an actual reality. This is virtual reality. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this evolves. Of course, companies are trying to, you know, take stake in the metaverse already, just like they're trying to do in space with space tourism and all of the different things that are taking place in space where people creating rockets and thinking about creating space food. You know, the government released a new extension of the military called the Space Force. So they have some governmental programs around space. And there's a lot going on there. Actually, was speaking with someone a couple of years ago that won a really big grant from Space Force that is doing some diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion training for the Space Force. I have no idea what that's going to look like or what she's actually working on because a lot of people, well, I don't think a lot of us live in space. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> I, what's funny, I'm just having an honest conversation with y'all. You know, we're talking about space, right? Everybody says like, oh, you know, it's important for us to go to space to see what's out there, to kind of learn a little bit more about Earth and, you know, our humanity. And as we travel to these other planets like Mars and, you know, we're just out in the International Space Station and we're finding other forms of, of life. I often think about like, how, how selfish are we to think that we're the only people that have ever graced this earth? I just think that's, you know, a little narcissistic, but I don't know. I could be, you know, off off my rocker. So uh, I'm curious to know y'all's thoughts, like comment uh, in the in the show notes in the review section. What are your thoughts? Um, also comment on Instagram. You know, I'm going to be releasing this on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube as well. So comment down below and let me know what your thoughts are. are. Are we the only people in the universe? Are we the only humans in the universe? Back to my original point, the metaverse I think we're already in the metaverse. If you play video games like Fortnite, 2K, um, they essentially have these worlds where you can go buy clothes, buy equipment for your player. On NBA 2K, your person is has a career um, and he goes to practice and he gets the skill points that make him better in the actual game. So I think that the metaverse is actually already here. I think they're just gonna take it from you know the game to your reality. So imagine, you know, you waking up and instead of sitting at your at your desk to, you know, facilitate your work, you're putting on a headset or wearing some contacts and you're in the metaverse um, doing your job. And what's funny is, you know, for the past year and a half, I've been working in, a, in a, a, an environment that's virtual, right? Like I haven't been able to go on any sales meetings and sit with the client face to face. So the idea of working with someone in a metaverse is not that far-fetched to me personally. Uh, and I know, you know, like I said earlier, my thoughts are my own <laughs> and I, there's possibility that I could be, I don't represent everybody. Some people feel like, hey, this is only a blip. This whole idea of virtual and video conferencing is not something that's gonna last or sustain itself long-term. 
you know, in the next two years or next year, we're going to be back in the office and all of those things. I'm a millennial and I may I, I may be victim to some of the millennial stereotypes, but I haven't been I haven't worked in an office full time in probably four or five years. And I know that I work in technology and this is not an indication of all the different industries, but I haven't worked in, a, in an actual office where I had to report to this office in a very long time. Even when I did go to an office, it was completely optional. I would go to the office just for visibility, you know, to get free snacks, that kind of thing. But there's no real, no draw to the office outside of like, you know, the perks of, you know, working with your employees or your coworkers and, you know, some of the, the benefits of the free snack program or the gym, things like that. Um, just for me, just speaking personally. So I think the metaverse is already here. They're acquiring fitness companies and putting it into the metaverse. So imagine working out in the metaverse, <laughs> like you have a Peloton in your house. I was listening to something the other day. I believe there was this guy um, by the name of 19 Keys that said that there's going to be opportunities for you to buy a home in the metaverse and buy a home in which you could actually live in. The home might cost sixty dollars to $80,000, but this is all virtual. Like this is not something that you're actually living in. You could buy a car in the metaverse. So imagine somebody buying a Rolls Royce for $50,000 in the metaverse, but driving a Honda in real life. It's just crazy what the possibilities are. And uh, I'm interested to see what this looks like. I, I honestly am. I think that this is going to be a huge advancement if they're able to pull this off. I think five to 10 years, if they're able to pull this off, I think it will totally change the way that we live. And I might have told this story on the podcast before, but my first time seeing, you know, a store without any humans in it um, was at the Amazon Go store in San Francisco. I think this was around 2016, 2017 timeframe. And it blew my mind. This was before, you know, of course we saw our Kroger's would have, um, you know, the self-service station where you can check out what your groceries, but they would have an employee watch you and kind of help you go through that process if you needed help. But at the Amazon store in San Francisco, it was literally nobody in there. And I was like, it, it literally blew my mind. I'm like, how are they able to make sure people are not stealing things here? But of course they have cameras everywhere. As soon as you lift something up off of the shelf, uh, it automatically goes into your cart on your Amazon app. So if you were to, to decide to walk out with that, you know, Sour Patch Kids, um, of course you would be charged for it. So really blew my mind, but I see that being something that um, they're going to continue to expand. Actually, I've seen that multiple store, they've already um, built out multiple stores that don't have any employees in them. But I, I think about what that could mean for industries. And I, I foresee that there's going to be more downstream impact of people not being able to find jobs, which is going to lead them into the metaverse where they can, you know, potentially find work that's, you know, virtual or online. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about the metaverse for a quick second. I talked about the fact that they're already acquiring fitness companies and that kind of segues into my next point 
I wanted to highlight Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. He's a NBA legend and a business legend. He recently purchased a stake in Body Armor maybe four or five or six years ago um, for, I believe, $5 million. And he Body Armor was recently acquired by Coca-Cola. And his stake in Body Armor is now worth four or $500 million. Think about that. So when we think about equity and um, venture capital and some of the decisions that we make, you know, four or five years in the past, the impact that that can have on our families, on generations is huge. So for those that are interested in, in investing, um, I would encourage you all to look into that Kobe Bryant story. It's a very easy tie in between sports, venture capital, and then also food and drink for those that are interested in the beverage and the food industry. A lot of change going on there as well. But I wanted to highlight Kobe Bryant um, and just acknowledge that, that success. All right. So another topic that I wanted to acknowledge for you guys is, um, you know, Elon Musk. Elon Musk is, you know, by far one of the most polarizing figures in our society today. Personally, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. I love the Teslas. I love what he's doing with SpaceX. And I love his personality. I like to see him as a leader. I think that he's revolutionary. Personally, Elon Musk is one of the people that gives me the the courage to be myself on a public platform, right? Like podcasting is not easy. I told you all earlier that one of the reasons why I stopped podcasting was because I just didn't want to be judged. Like this is not easy to do to just come up here and talk to a microphone, especially by yourself. If you're interviewing a guest, that's pretty straightforward. Now I'm not Barbara Walters or Oprah Winfrey, but I could figure my way around it. I could have a conversation with somebody, right? Um, but when you're just sitting in front of your laptop with a microphone and your Zoom going and your recording audio face or interface um, working, it could be daunting. Like you have topics, but getting out of a show, getting in and out of a topic is, you know, it's a little bit of work. Um, and I tend to ramble, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like that's uh, a skill set that I'm trying to develop and a skill set I'm trying to build. I listen to people like Sam Harris, and I just hear how refined his podcast is. And, you know, that's something to aspire to. But I get that from Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you you can't say that that guy is not himself. He says what he wants to do, says what he wants. He does what he wants. And he takes the bumps and bruises that come with you. you either love him or you hate him. But the, one of the reasons why I brought him up on this podcast, again, we talk about tech, culture, and people. Elon Musk said that he would donate 2% of his wealth to solve world hunger. Think about that. Elon Musk is the richest person in the world. They say that you know $6 billion from Elon would solve world hunger. That's something that we've been trying to solve for decades, ages, trying to solve world hunger. The fact that somebody could donate 2% of their wealth and solve it is monumental. That's a huge breakthrough. Now, excuse me, that would pretty much provide 42 million people with food um, to eat. And think about how that would change our society. But that's type the type of global impact that I'm looking to create. 
And when I think about the purpose of this platform is to introduce us to ideas like that, to get our minds thinking about, hey, if I took 1% of my wealth or 1% of my income on a yearly basis and I dedicated that to my community, what kind of impact could I have, right? Um, and that could be local. Like I, I could start right where I am. I could start in my neighborhood. I decided to start Unforgettable Souls that way. Like I work, walk past homeless people on a daily basis at Georgia State University, couldn't give out food, couldn't give out, you know, money all the time. But one thing I knew I had an abundance of was clothes and shoes. So I just started with what I had. And I want to continue to expand that, but I also want to encourage you all to think about, hey, what's something that I could do that may take 1% of my wealth or 1% of my time to dedicate toward this thing um, and think about the impact that I can make on my community? Me even saying that lets me know that I'm on the right path because that's the goal of this podcast, connect the business community with our actual community. So just wanted to acknowledge Elon Musk for taking that on. We'll see if he actually donates the 2% to um, the food program to solve world hunger. I know he had a couple of requirements, like he wants all of the records to be on a public um, document um, so he can have some transparency around the accounting and where this money is being spent. So it would be great if that happens, but shout out to Elon Musk for even having that idea. With that being said, I'll wrap us up. I know I said earlier that I don't want to be too long-winded with this podcast. I want it to be short and sweet. Um, So I want to say thank you to everybody who decided to join us today. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And then for those that are listening to this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram at Chance Mac or at Take Chances Podcast. Love y'all. Take chances. Peace.